3: Welcome to Transforming Trauma, a safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to learn about creative ways to find support, resources, and share their stories. Transforming Trauma is about love, healing, community, and also joy and possibility. Most importantly, it's about transforming your pain into power, one day at a time. I'm Eve, a survivor and coach working with survivors through Rachel Grant's Beyond Surviving program. I support survivors feeling stuck in their lives, and I'm very, very excited to have a special guest with me this month, I'm Jen, and we'll be chatting about her work with, with kids and how this, this work came to be so personally meaningful to her. Um, Jen's been an early childhood educator for 10 years and a mentor teacher at a Reggio-inspired preschool in the Midwest. This insp- Reggio-inspired philosophy originated in Italy and is based on some guiding principles, including valuing relationships, seeing children as capable, and using over 100 learning languages to explore. During her time with young children in the classroom, she has worked extensively to support social and emotional growth. The importance for scaffolding this growth came out of her own healing journey over the past few years, as she acknowledged the abuse she experienced as a child. Jen regularly advocates for social emotional health and has supported other teachers in this growth by sharing her work at early childhood conferences and collaborative settings. In her free time, Jen enjoys being in nature with a particular interest in kayaking.
1: So I welcome you, Jen, if you want to say hello. Hi. Thank you, Jasmine. I'm so excited to be here with you. Thank
3: you. So Jen and I have never met in person, but we've connected online, and she's been a big supporter of this podcast and is the first listener who has decided to join the show. So I'm just so excited to share the incredible story of her work with you. I've been blown away um, in getting to know her myself, and I wanted to start by asking you what, what led you to working with children, Jen?
1: Uh, yes, I was really fortunate to have some really great teachers growing up um, that I really connected with. One in particular was at a time in my life after I experienced sexual abuse, and um, she didn't know the story story at the time, but she really spent a lot of time building a relationship with me, and that was very impactful to my healing and well being. Well being, and I really feel like it had a lot to do with. My resilience and and, uh, even the healing journey I'm on now. Um, And just because of that connection, I really wanted to, um, you know, pass on that own connection with other children and and be just as impactful.
3: Wow, yeah, I, I relate to that so strongly. It's amazing the power of having positive adults in your life when you're going through hard times and how vividly, even as an adult, all these years later, you can, you can recall those,
1: those individuals and how much their relationship meant to you. Yes. Yeah. And I actually, um, reconnected with, um, that particular teacher just within the last year and I was able to share just how impactful she was to me. And it was just a really nice full circle experience, um, that I just really, um, was glad I could, be a part of and let her know how um, impactful she was for me.
3: That's amazing. I have to ask, was it via social media? Because I've been like astounded by how many professors and teachers from the past I've been able to kind of keep, keep tabs on through that.
1: Yeah, you know what? Actually, she still lived in the same house, same phone number all those years ago, and I just kind of looked her up and just took that chance. Um, she still has wow. a landline. So I called it and um you know, we just connected that way. So and she's since, um she's seventy five years old and she's joined social media, so um so we're able to stay connected that way. <laughs> That's really
3: special. Oh, that makes my heart warm. So tell us, tell me about the emotional social skill development work that you're doing.
1: Yes. Um so I'm an early childhood educator at a Reggio inspired school and Um, What that really means is some of our guiding philosophies are about relationships um, and viewing that children are capable, as well as teachers, um, and that there are so many learning languages to learn. And we actually really learn alongside of of each other. Um, The teachers, we all write um, our own inquiry-based curriculum um, by observing the children. And sometimes it's things that we've noticed they're playing, where um sometimes there's just a need for a particular skill that we want to enhance in the classroom. And so um it was a couple of years ago um when I first really um started doing this and it came about because there was a group of children in our classroom that just really needed that um extra social emotional um support. You know, all children at you know the preschool age, they're all kind of developing it and finding their way, but there was this particular group of children that um you know were just having trouble um just regulating their bodies, they were hurting other children when they were angry, you know they had a low self esteem they had trouble problem solving, and so um the teachers we kind of met as a team, and you know tried to, to decide how we were going to support um support these children and you know it just happened to be kind of at the same time I was um kind of starting my own healing journey and Um, you know, learning about feelings, I was, I tended to be a person who, you know, wasn't really expressive of my feelings. I kind of just um, shoved them down. And so I was very curious. Um, And so I volunteered to um, kind of work with this group of children. We decided it would be a small group experience at first. Um, And so once a week, um, I would meet with these children. And beforehand, I did, um, you know, to do this group, I did a lot of research um, just best practices of, you know, how children learn and trying to incorporate as many different learning languages as possible. And um, through this process, I actually, um, I would try all those, you know, kind of lessons before I would present it to the children just to kind of see how they would work. And it was, um, you know, something that was very eye-opening to me, how healing um like art could be and just naming your feelings. And so um, so we've just really learned right alongside with her, or right alongside with all these children. Um, some of the experiences that I've done um, is just really noticing, you know, in our bodies and um, like how we're feeling and how our bodies tell us how we're feeling, um, learning to identify the feelings in our body. Um, you know, sometimes, we'll the child is upset, Um, you know, we can at some point talk about, well, where did you feel that upset feeling? You know, I felt it in my stomach. And, you know, we kind of sometimes the kids will name it with colors or shapes or those kind of things. Um, And, you know, really just right alongside them, I was just learning how powerful that was. Um, So... That is so incredible. um, If I can just pause you for a second just to kind of Take
3: that in. It sounds like it's really like an early intervention program that you've developed. It's really extraordinary the, the research and kind of deliberate effort that you've put into designing this. And it sounds like it was really a, a calling for you and the timing was was right with what you were working on in your life and how
1: passionate you are about it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the timing was really great and um, you know, this intervention um, was really great just for our whole staff and really for everyone. Um, we also, um, you know, in doing this work, we share it with our parents every day. And so what came about is um, sharing it with the parents and kind of that parent education piece as well. Um, some of the tools that, I'll talk a little bit about some of the tools that, um, you know, we learned to use um, tools like um, learning how to, like, talk with a buddy when you're upset or, um, you know, talking with a teacher and or um, a stuffed animal moving her body or going outside. Um, we ended up making actually um, teacher and kid self-care baskets, um, which were really great. We still, I mean, we use them. We made them with the um, group, but we use them still um, even to this day. Um, things like soft blankets in them, little like Rubik's cubes and things for kids to take a break with. And those, um, and for the teachers, there's things like um, some herbal teas and some chocolate and some things that teachers um, all decided we needed at times when we need a break. That's just amazing. I, I'm so
3: happy and impressed that you do that for the teachers too and that there's such a parallel process and kind of modeling these, these skills. And I think that that's the best way that we, we learn, especially for kids, is to see it in action. There's nothing like being taught something and then seeing your teacher, you know, get really stressed out and, and snap at someone and kind of understand what you're being taught and how how that actually looks in practice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you had mentioned to yeah. me in a, a previous conversation about a story about the amusement park. Will you share that one? Oh,
1: yes, yeah. Well, there was um, one point when, um, you know, we were talking about feelings, um, and um, at our morning meeting, there was a child, two children that had went to amusement parks during the summer, and one child stood up and said, I went on this roller coaster, you know, it was so exciting and exhilarating, and um, just, you know, just talked about how much fun it was, you know. And then the other child came up and was like, you know, telling about her amusement park, um, experience. And she um, she was just like, I was really nervous and I was holding on to my mom and I was really scared. And there was kind of like a little argument because one child was like, no, this was fun. And another child was like, no, this wasn't fun, this is scary. And so it was just a perfect opportunity to just, um, you know, talk about how we can experience the same thing and feel differently. And that was a really eye-opening, powerful tool that we could really pull in really the whole school year um, and just how, you know, different people like different things and experience things differently and that it's all okay. Like there's no wrong answer. They're, you're both experiencing the way um, you did, and that's great. So. I'm so impressed that these
3: preschoolers are able to to practice perspective taking. I think it's such a incredibly valuable lesson to learn at, at such a young age
1: yeah and you know I think you you um hit it right on the nail on the head um when you said that you know that modeling these things right with the children is so important it's it's really magical you know for us to we learned you know kind of some deep breathing tools and different things and um you know for teachers to pause and to use them it's it's really i agree it's really just such a powerful Thing and when you're using this common language, you know you're um, you know teaching it with to your parents, you're using it at school, and it just becomes what you do and just the way things are, um, and it's just such an elevation in just awareness um, that is just good all the way around for sure.
3: That's that's great. Well, there's there's so much more I, I want to ask you. What what would be something that's been challenging about this work? Um,
1: I would say um, what's really been challenging is um checking in with myself and and keeping myself balanced um because you know through this work I've been on my own healing journey, and there are days when you know i'm com- i'm arriving to school in my own story um with my own trauma in mind and so um so that was really challenging. there's been a couple ways that um you know, I've kind of managed that is one is just making sure that I'm really taking good care of myself when I'm not at school as well. You know, making sure I'm doing those self-care things and then I'm getting enough sleep and eating and taking care of myself. You know, and then the other part of it is, um, which was a little tricky for me, is um, just being able to tag out when things are a little too much or if I need a break. Um, You know, I used to really feel like I've got this, I don't need any help, you know, just kind of like a super teacher. I think a lot of parents do that, you know, try to be super mom or dad and just really learning that it's okay to tag out and to take a break when you need it. Um, That was a really hard lesson for me to learn for quite some time. So,
3: Yes, that's, that's so huge. I think a lot of us go into these helping professions with this sense of that's what we do. We help people and we, we derive a lot of our, our worth from being able to provide that. So you're not paying as much attention to, to your own needs when you kind of have grown up and been conditioned to be that role. Um, so I love that you're talking about how you are able to take care of yourself out of work and, again, with the same lessons in mind that I'm sure you're teaching the kids about how to cope when you're tired and thirsty and hungry and all those same, same lessons that we as adults need to keep in check And and you had mentioned at one point about the Take 5 tool that I I really loved. Will you describe what that is?
1: Oh, yeah. We we do a lot of mindfulness. um, And part of that, um, it's kind of like a mindful breathing exercise. And um, the way the tool works is you um, just put your hand out in front of you, palm face up, and then your other finger or your other hand, you um, trace your finger kind of up and down, Um, each finger, and as you do that, you know, as you trace it up, you take a deep breath in, and as it um, you trace it down, take a deep breath out, and um, that's been a very, very um, effective tool. There's lots of kids because doing something with your hands kind of moving is kind of just um, a great way for young children to connect um, to that, you know, breathing activity. Um, So they've definitely been able to do that. Um, And teachers do that. Kids do that. We have a couple other ones we use, too, that are kind of fun. Um, We call it pizza breathing, where you kind of pretend there's a piece of pizza in your hand and you, you know, smell the pizza and then it pretend that it's hot (laughs) so you're blowing on it, you know. And then we made pizzas to kind of go along with that just to kind of and did it in real life with real pizzas. Um, So just lots of different, you know, ways to kind of change it up. Um, And, you know, the more the kids – do these deep breathing things it's it's you know in talking about how we notice our bodies relax when we do those things um and it's just something that we um all do so part Very of our school creative culture. i really like that i'm sure that they they love the pizza
3: metaphor and who who doesn't like to eat pizza so that must <laughs> be really a lot of fun which is important when you're teaching yep. kids so in terms of developing a sense of self, how how does the Beyond Surviving work intersect with some of the interventions that you've found
1: helpful? Oh, yeah. Um, so I worked with, um, it was actually a group of girls, and, you know, there was a lot of, you know, I can't do this, I'm not good at this, and... You know, we kind of worked through, um, you know, a lot of um, things that we can do and that we can handle. And at the same time, I was, um, I had just started the Rachel Grant's Beyond Surviving program, and one of the first lessons um, that we do there was the declarations, the I am declarations and um so i did that work and i just thought you know what this is something children can do i think this is really important um and so i kind of made it a homeschool connection where um you know at school the kids um painted a canvas they painted a picture of themselves um on a canvas and then we kind of worked at home and school um talking in both places about things that they that they are that they can do and it was things like i am artistic or i am powerful or i am kind Um, and just really the gift of um you know sometimes children wouldn't know what to say about themselves and just the gift of you know parents and teachers um you know offering suggestions um and those girls they um so they made their canvas with um, their words on there and a lot of those girls um still keep them in their room this was Um, about a year ago and still keep them in their room and talk from them from time to time. Remember that time that we painted ourselves and these are all my words. Um, So it was just a great, you know, literacy and just sense of self um, connection for us to share with um, home and school. Um, Good all the way around, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I'm just
3: astounded by the the ripple
1: effect of, you know,
3: you're taking in this work for yourself and translating it to teachers you work with at these conferences and at your school and the kids and then how it impacts their parents and maybe their cousins come into their room and see the affirmations and just kind of yeah. keeps on rippling out. So that's that's super exciting. And um, I'd love to hear more about, you know, the, the scaffolding empowerment that, that you kind of described to me and how you're teaching yeah. kids to use their voices, which, and I was also going to comment on how often kids are told not to do this, not to do that, and so unfortunately, I think they don't get enough of the affirmation piece, so it's so wonderful to know that that's being taught to them at such a young age.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I thought parents really, when I talked with parents about it, um, it really kind of changed their frame of thinking about their child as well. Yeah, so that was really um, powerful. Um. As far as in the classroom, one of the things that we do every day with um, all children is just supporting them through, you know, what to say when somebody does something you don't like and that you can say something. You know, if you're, for example, imagine you're building with blocks, you know, and somebody comes over and just kind of, you know, knocks them down or, you know, bumps them. You know, we really model for that. Um, You know, a child sometimes will, you know, maybe, you know, kind of yell or maybe cry, you know, and just really modeling that, you know, how does it feel when Susie knocked down your blocks? Well, I didn't like that. Let them know. You know, so we model that. I don't like it when you do, you know, knock my blocks down. Please stop. Or I felt sad. Um, and just really, you know, we say it sometimes it's a 100 times a day. I don't like it when you touch my arm. I don't like it when you, you know, take the thing I was using. You know, as well as teaching them to speak up and and ask them for what they ask for what they want. you know, I want to turn with that toy with that doll, um, you know, and then the child, the other child being able to say, "You can have a turn when I'm done, you know, and that's all okay. and it's I think it's just that speaking up and using your voice, um I know when I was a child, I was very timid, and I really um thought that my voice didn't matter, and so I think it's such a gift to be able to be in this, um, you know, birth through five um, age group where all this um, brain wiring wiring is happening and that we can empower them that it's okay to speak up and say what you like and what you want and what you don't like and that um, that's all really important to do for sure.
3: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the brain development piece. Of course, our brains continue to develop long after our preschool years, but just in terms of anything that might be going on at home that's really difficult. having school be this not just safe place but this this place that's really enriching their their toolbox and their ability to to maybe compensate or grow new muscles that they wouldn't get otherwise so it's really this extraordinary opportunity and impact that you're having and the the part about fostering empathy is just so so interesting to me, what you had shared about how to really ap- apologize. Can you elaborate on that for the listener?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. One of the things that, um, you know, we noticed, you know, um, is that parents will say, or, you know, and I probably did this when I was, a, um, my, parents, my kids were younger too, is, you know, when something happens, you, you know, say you're sorry, say you're sorry, like, you know, such emphasis on those words. You know, and we really thought about that in our classroom, and we decided to kind of take the stance of, um, you know, manners are important, you know, and seeing there is a time to say you're sorry, but we think it's more important to, um, you know, make sure that the other child is okay. You know, an example of, you know, maybe you're running and you knock someone down instead of a just quick sorry, and it's done, it's like, help that child up, let's ask that child what they might need, what do you need, you know, and if they need ice or a band-aid or something, you know, and then it's important to follow through and, you know, take care of that, you know, and then, you know, a lot of times teachers will model, oh, I'm really sorry you fell down, and sometimes those words still, you know, come out with the children, but really our emphasis is, um, you know, mistakes happen, let's, Make sure this person's this person's hurt. Let's make sure that they're okay, you know. Before we move on, um, that's how to fix it. Not just sorry and leave, <laughs> you know. So, and that's you know, it's really uncomfortable sometimes for a lot of people. Of like, oh, you should just say sorry, um, but you know, just really kind of teaching them that it's um, you know, just really important to take care of each other. And to um, you know, things happen, and the important pieces. You know making it right and making sure everyone's okay, so I love that, yeah, and that we need each
3: other, and that yeah. we and all these little kids have the power and resources to help someone else feel better and I feel like that's such a simple, beautiful message that throughout our lifetimes, I wish that it was more deeply ingrained that adults could find the capacity to say, "How can I help and what do you need and these kind of basic yeah. Social skills that you're teaching these preschoolers that so many leaders in our world right now could benefit from. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, and you know, and and not everything needs to be so punitive, and you're in trouble. It's like you know, hey, if things happen. Let's make it right. You know, so for sure. And so, what what's the idea behind the the birthday groups? How did that get inspired? Oh yeah, that is one of my favorite things. That's something I decided to try this school year. Um, I was really, I was kind of at a part of my journey where the love and belonging piece um, was just really coming up for me and just really, um, just wanting to be known and for people to know me. And so our classroom size grew this year, and um, I was thinking, you know, how do I, I really want these children to feel known. and like connectiveness is a really big part of our classroom community Um, so i um kind of accessed um, something i had seen a few years ago from another teacher at a conference um, and she called it the birthday group and so i've kind of made it my own Um, but how it works is um, every child will get the opportunity during the week of their birthday um, to have their very own birthday group and Um, So what this is, is uh, the teacher and the birthday child will kind of pick some kids to be in their group, and it's usually about eight kids or so. Um, Sometimes, like, you know, it's the kids' maybe really close friend. Um, It's kind of a soup of people. Sometimes it's uh, maybe the teachers kind of say, oh, maybe this child would make a good friend, and they just don't really know each other yet. You know, and sometimes it's just kind of, you know, giving all children this experience. And so um, there's little home connections, connection piece where the children and their parents, they write down three things that they want the class to know about them. And so at our morning meeting during this birthday group, the, you know, the child will share what they wrote at home, and then the other children have, in the birthday group, have the opportunity to interview the birthday child, and, you know, they might ask them, you know, what's your favorite color, or sometimes it's what's your favorite food, um, you know, or what do you like to do? And um, so then after we're done interviewing the birthday child, the birthday child will actually go into um, another classroom and, um, you know, go for for a good hour or so while the birthday group meets with me. And we sit and we talk about, you know, and kind of review everything that the birthday child likes. Um, and we just kind of brainstorm some ideas of a really thoughtful gift um, that we can make for them in that hour. Um It's been everything from maybe drawing a picture of their favorite animal to um, one little guy who really liked boats. And um, we were also a green school, so we had a whole, like, bucket of recyclables. So we kind of just pulled out all the recyclables and, um, you know, kind of got a little uh, tub of water and just kind of seen what things sink and float. And they found some, you know, things that would float and decided to kind of um, draw on them and make them a boat. So, um, you know, sometimes it's things like, um, you know, we've made a child that really likes reading. We, you know, make them a book, Um, different kinds of things like that. They're all very different. And so um, after we've met and figured out what we want to make, you know, we gather the materials and we make it. And then at the end of the morning, we – you know, the birthday child comes back in and then everyone in the birthday group has an opportunity to, you know, give the birthday child their gift and talk about how they made it and what their contribution was. Um and we you know, we talk about gratitude and um just talk about how um you know we we made you something Based on you know us knowing you and what you like, and we just really just openly talk about those things. And I find that um, you know at first I really thought, oh, the birthday kid is just going to get all the joy out of this. This is so great. Um, but really, what I'm finding is just all the children in the birthday group are just so excited to, um, you know, to make something for their friend, and that you know that they know them and they're excited. So yeah, it's, vicarious it's just so joy. fun. Yeah, yeah. Like you've
3: you've created this new tradition and something that yeah. I'm sure will stay with them for a long time. And how beautiful and powerful that this came out of your own journey of thinking about wanting to be known and, and celebrated. And birthdays can be can be hard hard for some people as they go about their healing journeys. So I just give you so much credit for turning those with that wisdom and lessons that you've learned into this beautiful new practice for the kids. It sounds like so much fun. I think I need to quit everything I'm doing right now and come join <laughs> you because that sounds like some real healing medicine if I've ever discovered any. So as we begin to wrap up, I wanted to ask you about sort of you, you, some quotes about things that you've heard that have really struck you as this stuff is really making an impact.
1: Um, you mean, um, well, I mean, for me, just, um, you know, the reason why I do this work is just that, um, you know, I've the last couple of years I've just really acknowledged that I had some, um, unfortunate life experience, experiences and I felt a lot of, um, shame around them, you know, as I've healed. And I feel like, through this work, I've just really transformed them into a place of um, empowerment, and not only for myself, but, you know, for others. And I just feel like it's such a ripple effect um, in this kind of work with um, children, you know, as they grow, and, you know, their parents and their families and other teachers. Um, and it just feels like such a powerful way um powerful way to live and to um, grow and do things. And I feel um, really, really good about it. Absolutely. So that
3: is why the show is called Transforming Trauma. You just put it so eloquently. And that's why I was so thrilled that you wanted to to share the work that you're doing. And I, I totally agree with you 100% that you are changing the course of a generation um, just in your corner of the world and just hearing a young child say that they don't like this or or someone standing up and saying, that is not okay, or this is what I want, a, a, a turn to play with that toy. You know, being able to communicate effectively is, is hugely important. And I just can't thank you enough for being willing to, to share part of your story and for being my guest today. So you can reach Jen if you want to learn more about her work at jenmarieiskayaking at gmail.com. And thank you so much for tuning in and joining us today. And don't forget to visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and explore the multitude of resources on the site. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast. We have so much more to share. Thanks for listening. And until next time, take care.